0: touch my shoulder, touch my hair. Starts
1: now. And I said, what the hell is that? Mommy, I'm scared. Spirits and more radio starts now.
0: This is Spirits and War Radio, I'm your host Steve Rowan. This is the Whaley House Edition episode, and uh, once again we've got Ace Jordan here today.
2: Hello, how's it going?
0: And Eric Van Leer. Hello. And Ace does Creepy AF and Starco Tube. Yeah, and Creepy AF Paranormal. And Eric does Golden State Haunts, and I do Spooks and Spirits, so you can look us up. On Instagram or any of those places, and uh, tie into everything we're doing. So, anyway, uh, we're we're in front of the Whaley House. It is it is one fifty one in the morning, and
2: almost the witching hour.
0: Not oh, quite. Yeah. Yet. And if you've heard of the Whaley House, um, it's supposedly California's most haunted house. It was uh, built. Back in a time when California was just uh, becoming part of the United States, and uh, people were coming from the East Coast, and one of those guys was Thomas Whaley, he came from the East Coast, and he built this house in 1857. Man, uh, that's a long time ago. long time ago. So we're, we're like right off the porch of this house, if you heard the last episode, we talked about that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stories that go on here. Uh, I think, so for people who don't know the history, this stayed in the in the family. Uh, there's a good book on, if you go to spooksandspirits.com, called Piercing the Veil. And there's a lot of good info and historical research information on the Whaley House. Sort of debunks some of the stuff. Um, the people here that work at the Whaley House kind of have a different opinion than that. But... Um, this was in the family and one of, uh, Thomas Whaley's daughters lived in this house until the late fifties, early sixties. It was, uh, falling apart at that time. I mean, the house looks beautiful today in comparison, but we've got some pictures. Maybe I'll find one of those and pop it up on the Instagram for you guys to check out. But basically, um, there were tumbleweeds in front of the house here. Uh, the overhang awning was removed. That was, this part wasn't even here. That's here now. This is how it was originally built, but that had been taken off at some point in time. And she was living in the house and uh, ended up donating it to the city. And then they hired a museum director to turn this into a museum, and a bunch of renovation went into it. And it was about that time that a newspaper article came out claiming that there was hauntings in this house and weird stuff going on. However, when uh, the daughter, I can't remember which daughter it was, but the last surviving daughter who lived in this house never made mention of ever having a paranormal experience in this house. And she lived in this house since she was a little girl. Uh, and then later in life, there was a period of time when this house became a, the courtroom and the county records building for San Diego City when Old Town, what we call Old Town, uh, is the original San Diego settlement. Uh, Not, you know, not the Indians that were here prior to that, but the European settlement and the Mexican settlement. Um, People from that era are buried in a cemetery, which we can see line of sight from here uh, to the south of the Whaley House. Uh, Yankee Jim, big character over the, that uh, was supposedly hung here on this property, not where the house, the house was built supposedly where this town used to hang people who were thieves and criminals. So, uh, Eric, what do, you, what do you know about the way of the house? You've been, have you been here many times before? Have you ever done an investigation?
1: I've only been here uh, one time.
0: And what was that experience like?
1: I came here with my mom, and there actually weren't that many people in the house at the time. And I um, probably got the creepiest vibe upstairs where the theater is, actually.
0: And you say theater, because at one point in time, this house, what happened was... uh Thomas built this house is like uh, he had a store San Diego was brand new and we are three blocks away from the town square and he built this house three blocks out but that was too far for the community really to come out so his his business his original business plan wasn't very successful and so he actually went back to New York so a lot of people think oh Thomas Whaley haunts this house but he really only lived in this house with his little girls and family for a very short period of time. And when things weren't successful, he was an entrepreneur of his day in the 1850s through 1880s. And at that time guys would travel around, you know, there's a gold rush in Alaska. Let's go there. You know, Wyatt Earp was the same way. He was all over the place. Uh, So, so Thomas Whaley was one of those guys. And so he, um, Didn't live a long time in this house. I mean, there was some tragic things that happened here. One of his daughters committed suicide um, here on the property. And uh, so, you know, people think that she haunts this area. And people have seen things. But really what kicked it off was that newspaper article mentioning paranormal stuff. And then some of you may have heard of Regis Philman. Uh, He started his career here in San Diego as a news anchor. And so when he was brand new before anyone knew who he was, he was doing his news shows here in San Diego and he came and spent the night in this house. And the next day he ran out and said that it was the creepiest experience ever. And he heard noises. I don't know if he said he saw anything, but that was sort of the big event that really solidified this house to be haunted. Now in uh, the, the book I mentioned, on uh piercing the veil uh by charles thomas i think it is uh it's right there on the front of spooksandspirits.com but uh in that book so they put a sign out in front of this house every day that says california's most haunted house certified or something like that and in piercing the veil he investigates what was that organization that deemed this the most haunted house in california because it sounds very official you see that sign in front and you think, wow, the state of California is saying this is a haunted house. Well, according to the book and the research that that gentleman who wrote the, the author of that book, what he did is uh, that that organization is really just like a faux organization. They really, they really aren't anything of any significance. They're not official. Um, they were sort of like all of a sudden came out of nowhere when this became a museum and so some people will, will make the claim that this place isn't haunted. And Eric, I think you, you were saying that you don't think it's
1: haunted. Um, I mean, I've been inside the home once I've been by it many times and I've experienced a lot more stuff in the cemetery just down the road. But tonight I've gotten some creepy vibes and maybe, uh, Some strange, anomalous activity that Ace can talk about.
2: Well, I want to give people a little piece of California history before we get into what happened tonight. This house was built in the 1850s, and to put that into perspective, um, around that time in California, there were as many grizzly bears as there were white settlers in California in the 1850s, roughly about 10,000 each. So if you can imagine uh, one grizzly bear per person in the state of California. Now, they didn't have accurate numbers as to how many Native Americans and Mexicans there, there were living here, but roughly there was about as many bears as people, and that's why we have the, uh, the golden bear on the state flag. I don't think a lot of people realize Uh, where that came from and why that bear is on there and it's because there was so many bears here that it became the uh, state symbol um going into what eric had mentioned about what we saw here tonight or what we felt here tonight is when i pulled up in steve's van uh i could feel heat coming from the front door as if the house was on fire or like let's say like a snot like an inferno but like a small kitchen fire or something where you could feel heat radiating from the front of the house and i could feel it in my skin and as soon as we drove away it disappeared um so uh, when we stopped and we walked up to the house i could feel some sort of heat energy by the door but it's not to the left of the house it's not to the right of the house and it's a pretty wide house i mean there's like one room to the right and about three rooms to the left. and any By standing on any one of those rooms, I didn't feel anything. But by the door, there is a pocket of energy that feels like there is a, uh, an inferno in the house. And, uh, you know, there's no fire. There's nothing in there. But, Eric, you could feel a little bit of
1: that heat too, right? Right, but I'm, I'm confused. So you're saying there's a ghost of a bear side of the house. No there's, no, there's no ghost bears here that I'm aware of.
2: But there might be a ghost dog.
0: <laughs> or two. Yeah, so um, when I was getting all this podcast set up, Ace and uh, Eric were roaming around the property, and they were startled by a dog in the house, which is the office.
2: Like two dogs, because there's one in the back house, and it seemed like there was one in the main house.
0: Now, the Whaley family may have had a dog. I mean, we're not seeing a physical dog, but you're hearing barking. You saw physical...
2: Well, we definitely both heard it. I I don't know if it's like a neighbor's dog or what, but it sounded...
1: Didn't it sound like it was coming from inside the house? The first time it came from the back house, it was definitely inside the house. And then uh, the latter time it came from inside the Whaley house. Maybe there's a guard dog here or something. So
0: I don't think there's a dog in the Whaley house. So that's very interesting. Um, I've been to the Whaley house multiple times as a child and then throughout my life. And I live two minute walk from here. So uh, I spend a lot of time on this block in front of this house. And only one time, and this was in the recent, recent past, uh, I, went into the house and when I got to the top of the stairs, I felt what would be best described as like anxiety and and an inability like breathing was difficult and I'm not someone who suffers from anxiety. So that's an odd, uh, feeling to have. It's not normal ever for me. Um, and then the other thing too is that I'm not really afraid of the house and I don't, have any experiences as i said all the other times i've been in here nothing has happened nothing at all and so to get to the top of the stairs and feel this energy like strangling me you know was i just wanted to leave the house and that's what i did i turned around it's kind of i would have spent more time up there but i'm like i want to leave and so i went down the stairs and i felt a little bit better and by the time i got outside and away from the house that feeling had uh sort of dissipated away oh we've got a is that a chupacabra behind you look right there look at that thing that's a
2: that's just a house cat
0: uh no that's an albino chupacabra man
1: (laughs) That's a chupacabra? Yeah.
2: How creepy would it be if we broke into the house right now and there was no dog in there?
0: I don't think there's a dog in there. Dude, there's two dogs. We both heard well, it. Well, let's, we should try we and... We
1: heard it twice. Let's go grab that chupacabra and put it in the house. Let's <laughs> see if the dog
2: gets it, the ghost dog gets it. Yeah. No, I, I would like, here,
0: 100%, when we're we do- heard the dog twice. When we're done with this, I'm going to put my ear to the glass and you guys can okay. tap, and we'll see if that dog barks again.
2: It only does it when you hit the bell. Like, I've hit both bells. In the back house, we yeah. did it twice, and two times a dog. And then this time, once a, one of the times when we hit the bell, we heard a dog. I don't know if it's the same dog from the back house or what, but I would bet a money, 100%, that there, it sounded like there was a dog in that back house.
0: Well, you guys physically we saw both, a dog in the background. No, house. we didn't
2: see it, but we both heard it exactly the same time.
0: Oh.
1: And a light. That light in the yeah, back that just, was, just went out. That it just was went on. out. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was on. on. I had a flicker bulb in there. That light's now out. Yeah, somebody's
2: in there.
0: So I think somebody might live, the property grounds person might live there.
2: Maybe that's what it is.
0: And you guys rang the doorbell and woke their ass up. <laughs> we really yeah. shouldn't draw attention to ourselves so we don't get chased away. Uh, We've got a generator running out here behind the tree, uh, where lots of people like to think Yankee Jim was hung for stealing a horse, and Eric says a boat, Ace thinks it was a catamaran. No, I think
2: it was, (laughs) he stole a horse that was on a boat.
0: (laughs) Well, I know that there's a bridge named after Yankee Jim in Northern California, and he... uh, there's a couple of Yankee gems back at that time, but anyway, the Yankee gem that was hung here in this house, his grave is at the cemetery there down the street, um, supposedly. But, uh, yeah, I would like to investigate this animal, this potential ghost dog in this house tonight.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just saying if it's either a real dog or a ghost dog, because we definitely heard it, um. So maybe there is a caretaker in the back. That would make sense. Yeah. Not saying 100% it's a paranormal dog.
1: Wouldn't, if they saw us here, wouldn't they come out and say something? Yeah, wouldn't they,
2: like, look out the window or something? We were over there, and, uh... No, I mean, we didn't hear anybody walking around. We didn't see me looking in the window. We didn't say, "Hey, asshole, get out of here."
0: Well, I've been in that house, and that's an office. Like yeah. it's a bunch of desks and stuff. So I would be so surprised would if there somebody be a lives dog there. Back there. Well, and the light turned off too. That light was on. I saw that light on.
2: So there's like a property caretaker just kind of oversees well, the place.
0: Well, we should go around the front side. That house is historic as well, and that was moved here. That's not where it originally was. But that house. Uh, We should see if there's a car parked in the driveway. Definitely. There's a lot of action out here for Friday night in Old Town. I mean, there's nobody out here with us right now that we know of, but 15 cars have passed by in the last hour.
1: At least anyone living. Yeah. So, Steve was saying that uh, one of the daughters committed suicide, and I just looked this up, and it said that... uh, how did she kill herself? She uh, shot herself with a 32 caliber on August 19th, 1885, when she was 22 years old. Um, uh, was it a Winchester? <laughs> doesn't specify, but it says shortly after uh, her nuptials with a new husband, he revealed uh, his past to her in a letter and uh, her suicide note. Reads verbatim, mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. That was Violet Whaley, and uh, that's a suicide note. It's a passage from Bridge of Sighs, a poem by Thomas Hood, and uh, that poem uh, was actually referenced and published in an Edgar Allan Poe lecture. That is one of the best suicide notes I've ever read. <laughs>
0: that, that There was creativity and thought put into that one.
2: I think my other favorite suicide note is no comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, That is tragic, though. 22 years old, uh, young lady feels like the world yeah, is back then against you at least her. You
2: lived to at least 32 or 33, <laughs> like right. Eric's
1: secret handshake. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So there was a time uh, in the late, uh, in late 1909, the house was vacant. I'm just reading some notes here. Um, uh, Thomas's widow, Corrine Lillian, uh, along, I assume these are the kids, Francis and George, two of the kids, they lived in the Whaley house in 1912. Uh, Anna died at eight years of age, February 24th, 1913. And then Francis Whaley died on November 19th, 1940. So who are the ghosts the people that people see? Is it
2: the, the young girl, young woman?
0: Well, people say that uh, they hear the sound of a piano being played in that parlor, which is mm-hmm. the window closest to us.
1: I didn't hear any piano tonight. Uh, so- and here it says... Uh, uh, the Whaley House remains well-known as a haunted house. This is from Wikipedia. It is said that guests and the staff from time to time will catch a glimpse of the ghost of a Whaley family member who died inside the house, such as Baby Thomas Jr., Violet, Anna, Francis, George, or Corrine, Lillian Whaley. And I assume that also... Uh, although it doesn't say. Might have also included uh, uh, the daughter that committed suicide. Doesn't say that. Violet um, doesn't specify her, but I assume her as well. And then uh, Anna and Thomas Whaley. All died, all died in this house? Um, it says that those are the ghosts that is, are believed to reside here. Yeah. Uh, those, all those people died in the house. So I guess... I think uh, it
0: was Corrine. Corrine didn't die. She was the last living member in this house. This house was uh, all in shambles. I don't know if I said that already on this show or if that was off air with these guys, but uh, this place was a wreck, and it was renovated and brought back to life. So,
1: The home isn't very big, but it's, it also says that at one time, the Whaley House was known as the finest in Southern California.
2: Well, yeah, was also, because back then there wasn't a lot of big homes. <laughs> it, uh,
1: besides being the Whaley family home, it was San Diego's first commercial theater. That's where I felt uh, uh, the energy um, they ever do that have I was here. Cats? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a white cat? Uh, the county courthouse and a general store. And like I was saying, the theater's upstairs. It says that in October 1868, an upstairs family bedroom was converted into a theater... ...after Thomas Whaley went the room out to the Tanner Troupe, a local theater. So, I could have been feeling energy from uh, what was once a bedroom or the theater itself. Oh, but here it says the operator of the theater, Thomas Tanner, died just 17 days after opening... ...and his troupe had disbanded by the end of January, 1869. Huh. It was a general store?
0: It was a general store, also a courthouse... Um, so this is now referred to as Old Town San Diego. Oh, here we go. Current downtown San Diego, real quick, Eric. Let me finish. Is uh, they called it way back then New Town, and so there was like this coup of people that wanted to move the to a new city hall in Newtown, which is closer to the harbor where commerce could take place, compared to here uh, in Old Town, which is about five miles north on the I-5 from current downtown San Diego, where you may have heard of Gaslamp Quarter, Little Italy, all that stuff. Um, So one night, like a clan of people came down the street with torches, broke in, and took all the legal records and moved them downtown. And that's how they moved the official representation of the city from this original spot to what is now known as downtown San Diego.
1: So it doesn't say much, but uh, there's a passage on Wikipedia, rumors of hauntings. The house has frequently been cited as haunted based on strange noises or sights reported by some visitors. In 2005, Life magazine called Whaley House the most haunted house in America. Shortly after the Whaley family moved in, they told the San Diego Union <coughs> "Excuse me, that they heard heavy footsteps. In the house which they believed to be the ghost of Yan- of uh, James Yankee Jim Robinson. So the Whaley house themselves said that they were experiencing some stuff. And uh, Yankee Jim Robinson had been hung on the property for stealing a boat. Some visitors have reported seeing appar- apparitions of Thomas Whaley or Anna Whaley. And on the last weekend of every month, the museum offers a ghost hunting tour and additional tours are offered around Halloween, which we are obviously approaching. What yeah. about the horse? Did he ever take a horse? Doesn't say anything about a horse. Well,
0: what color was his white horse?
2: Was it a nice boat?
1: What color
0: What, what? color was his white horse?
2: White?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fuchsia? That gets my five-year-old. That kind of doesn't boat get air. it was, does it? Was it a yacht? So, uh, we haven't experienced, uh, well, we may have experienced a haunted ghost dog. So we're going to check into that before we pack this up and leave, um, come. All right. And this is a little add on to the show that, uh, you've been listening to. So the original show was recorded in front of the Whaley house. That's why we had to get a little power source from a generator. And I noticed afterwards listening to it, that, uh, you can hear that, (coughs) that hum in the background. Tonight's a little different, uh, Ace is back up in Orange County and Eric is back up in uh, San Fernando Valley <clears throat> and I'm here in San Diego, so we're going to talk about a little bit of extra extra stuff. If you remember earlier in this show that you've been listening to, we talked about a dog that was heard. So after we finished recording that show, I went over to the front door of the Whaley House, put my ear to the glass and I tapped a couple times, pretty good. And uh, I would expect if there was a dog in the house for it to definitely come down, you know, or bark or make some noise. And uh, I didn't hear anything. And then I got a text message or a message from, uh, yeah, yeah, I got a text message from Ace. Ace, tell tell the listeners what happened after that.
2: Okay. So I got home really late from the Whaley house because I had about an hour drive back and we were there until what, almost 3 a.m.? So I got back around 4 a.m. and I I wanted to watch something about the Whaley house just to learn a little bit more about the history. So I watched um, the BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural episode where they investigate the Whaley house. And I was basically just checking it out to see what kind of investigation they, they did because I want to shoot uh, an episode there and I don't want to. You know, necessarily do the same thing that everyone else has done and as they were discussing the history of the house they just at random mentioned that there is a ghost dog and a ghost cat in the house that many people have reported uh, either seeing or hearing or 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 what and uh the fact that that eric and i um, may have experienced a, a ghost dog we may have actually experienced a ghost dog and a real dog in two different buildings, because <laughs> I did I I don't know exactly what happened there, but um, that was just kind of mind blowing. That that was one of the first things they said was, ghost dog.
0: Yeah, you said that uh, that brought shivers to the back of your neck.
2: I was definitely surprising. Yeah,
3: because <laughs> I was like,
2: cause I, fi- I figured there was there had to have been some sort of uh, explanation for the dog that we heard. And it was weird because it did it every time we hit the doorbell and only when we heard the door and only when we hit the doorbell, never heard it barking at any other time, never heard it walking around the house or whimpering or, or anything, but as soon as we hit that doorbell, it would bark.
0: Now this was the doorbell on the Whaley house or on that back house.
2: I did both. We heard it on the back. We heard it on the back house. We actually heard it twice on the back house and then later. Uh, I did the front of the house, and one of the times that I rang the doorbell, I did hear a dog. Now Eric, and it did. It sounded like it was coming from the main Whaley house.
0: So, Eric, did you? Um, were you guys? I wasn't paying attention because I was setting up the podcast gear. Eric, were you sort of separate from Ace, like walking around, or were you guys doing this together?
3: Uh, together. Well, I had I had gone to the back side of the Whaley house by myself. Um, I had felt some energy there, and then I told Ace to uh, walk over there. But that's not where we heard the dog. We heard the dog in the back house, and then when you were setting up for the podcast, we both went up to uh, the door where we both had felt some energy. That's the front door, and um, I definitely heard what sounded like a dog.
0: Now, was the dog that you heard in the Whaley house, in the front main Whaley house, was that a different dog do you think was the pitch different did it sound like a little dog a medium dog a big dog
3: medium dog maybe medium to big okay and the one in the main house sounded smaller
0: okay so in this in the main house you guys didn't think there was one dog you guys felt like there were two dogs right well
2: i heard a I dog did. in two different buildings so it it, and it would make sense that it was two different dogs
0: Right, right. So you don't think that the dog in the back, maybe you know, dogs have good hearing, heard the bell of the Whaley House and and was barking at that? Do you?
2: No, you could definitely. Well, I mean, I I can't rule it out, but no, it didn't sound like it was coming from a, a building behind us. It sounded like it was coming from in that house.
3: Yeah, yeah, it sounded like it was coming from uh, the Whaley House because um, we would have heard the sound which would have been uh, of the back house dog which would have been distorted the way the Whaley house is blocking you know the the sound patterns it's it's basically the back house extends past the Whaley house but where we heard it was the side that was behind the Whaley house so if we were to hear it there would have been some more muffled uh sounds to it and it didn't sound muffled it just sounded kind of quiet but not light like, you know something was blocking the sound i see
0: so <clears throat> i did a little further investigation myself uh this evening and i wanted to walk over there and tap on the windows and take a look and see if i could find an, an alive dog <clears throat> and <laughs> i started with the back house because if you guys recall earlier in this show or at the original recording there was a light on and then that light turned off. Right. And so I had two goals. One, I wanted to see if that house was occupied by someone. And secondly, if there was dog there. So what I did was I walked back there. I brought a flashlight with me. Um, it's a lot more active as far as people this time of night. We were there very late. Ace, you're right. We got out of there at three in the morning. Um, so right now there's like, 20 people every half hour walking by at least. So <clears throat> I walked back there and I didn't really want to tap on the windows, but the light was on in that same part of the house. And so I walked around to the side to see if there was, uh, um, any kind of other windows I could look into or anything like that. And then I noticed there was a gate. And so I walked over to the gate and I shined my flashlight back there and there was a guy and a big dog and the dog started barking at me like crazy. So the back house, that is an alive, real dog. Um, but interestingly enough, the guy living in that back house, he said, "Oh, I'll come out to the porch. I said, Oh, I'm your neighbor, you know? And he came out to the porch and I just started talking to him about his work and he's doing some renovation on the Whaley house. And so I told mm-hmm. him some of my background, uh, you know, if He works for it. I guess it's changing hands now. So the Whaley house used to... There was a lease by the city of San Diego to an organization to run it. And now the company that runs the tour trolleys, they have those trolleys in cities all across America. And I guess they own a bunch of museums. So they're taking over. So they do a ghost and graveyard tour. But anyway, so he's working on the house. So I sort of slid into the topic of this house, you know, supposedly being haunted. And he said, "Oh yeah, he said people come all times of night knocking on the windows and trying to open the doors <laughs> of his house he's uh, living in." And yeah. I didn't want to say, "Oh yeah, we fired up a generator in front of your house a couple nights ago." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he just keeps to himself, but um I was able to say, you know, I said, "Oh, so you've been working in there a lot." And he says, "Yeah." Uh, I don't, uh, I said, did you, have you seen anything, you know, unusual? And he said, eh. he's all, he, he kind of didn't want to say initially. And then he said, oh, I've seen some, he's all, there was a situation and he said that, um, he had to build some support under the floor to hold the weight of some chairs, I guess that go in the house. Uh-huh. And so the chairs were in the courtroom and, They're all a little bit different because they were made in the 1800s. So it's not like factory spec, you know, like these chairs are different sizes slightly. And so this guy is real meticulous. And so, you know, he was, he went and he grabbed a chair and he put a piece of painter's tape on the bottom and he marked number one. And then he wrote on his piece of paper, number one, and he took the dimensions of the chair. He did that to chair two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to chair 13. And that was the last chair. Well, he goes and builds the floors and he goes to place the chairs. And there are only 11 chairs. There's not 13. So the county has a full accounting of everything that's in the Whaley house. Obviously, it's a historical site. So the county only has record of 11 chairs. So people are like, oh, maybe you miscounted or this or that. But he's like, he has his piece of paper and his process was grab the chair, put the piece of tape, write down the number that it is and put it on the paper. Well, someone tried to tell him, I guess somebody said, oh, that's, you know, the 18th. That happened on the 18th um, of, I don't know if that was this month or if that was last month, but... I guess it was the anniversary of Yankee Jim's hanging in the house. And so somebody tried, or somebody was suggesting, you know, that happened around that same time. So he went looking for the chairs, couldn't find them anywhere. And uh, so that that was kind of a strange situation. And he said, I know those chairs were there. I picked them up. I saw them. I measured them. And then they were gone. And no one's coming in and going out of the house except him. So... Anyway, so that's uh, one weird thing. Then he went on to share another story. And the second story was that uh, he was putting together a a baby's bassinet. And if you've seen the floor-standing style baby bassinet, it has like um, like a rocking chair on the bottom so that you can just push it and rock the baby back and forth. So he's putting that thing together, and he's almost done, and it has sort of this latch that you can step on to prevent it from rocking so the baby won't like climb up and tip the thing over so he goes and he puts that uh, latch on and he starts to smell a very weird smell and he's trying to figure out what it is and he said it's he said have you ever smelled a brand new baby like a newborn you know three months and younger? Mm-hmm. He said, that's exactly what it smelled like. And he said, there was no one around. And this smell was extremely strong. Like
2: There was a baby that died in the house.
0: Yeah. So there's, so he smelled the strong scent of a baby when he was putting the bassinet together. This bassinet's cool. from like the 1860s or something like that. <laughs> Pretty wild. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: I mean, close. I want to get in that house cause I, I felt such weird energy and
0: um i don't know there's got to
2: be more to it
0: yeah i've got uh so i told them i said you know what that thing you said about the smell reminded me of a situation so my grandmother passed away oh i don't know must be four or five years now and she lived in a condominium two-story condominium And after she passed away, she actually, when she was getting really sick, she came down with cancer. It was real quick. So it was like a six month window from when things went wrong to, you know, when she passed away. So Mm -hmm. during that time, my parents were taking care of her. She moved out of her house and she moved to my parents' house in the bottom floor, in the back bedroom. And she, she basically... When she passed away there was something she did in my parents house which i'll share but after she passed away my parents renovated her condo with the intentions to rent it out and they stripped the floors the carpet put a new kitchen painted the walls i'm talking top to bottom renovation like uh making it completely modernized so when nothing would have to be done for the next 15 years and This went on for a period of time. And so this was like six months out, six months after my grandma had passed away. The house had been all torn up, new carpet, new everything. And my mom was working on something in the house. And then she got this strong whiff of my grandmother's floral perfume that she used to wear. So you think about that and it's like, okay, well, maybe if it was right after her perfume was in the house, you'd get a whiff of it from the heater turning on or something like that, but Mm -hmm. everything had been replaced and then she smelled that smell. So back up to when she passed away at my parents' house, my sister was sitting in the corner. My grandma would sit on the couch on the far right hand side and watch TV. That was her spot for the short time that she lived there. Well, my sister was sitting there, and she smelled that strong, floral, very distinct kind of older woman perfume in my parents' house where she had passed away. Something else happened. So she used to get up in the night because she wasn't feeling good. You know, when people are kind of real sick, they don't sleep on normal sleep patterns. So... She would get up in the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock in the morning, 2.45, 4.30, and turn the TV on and watch TV. And, uh, you know, then she'd turn it off when she fell asleep. So this was about two weeks after my grandma passed away. My parents are upstairs in their bedroom. The TV's downstairs. And they woke up to the TV on. And my mom asked my dad, did you turn the TV on? And he said, no. And she said, I know that TV was off. You better go down and make sure no one's in the house. Mm -hmm. So my dad goes to the bathroom first before he goes downstairs. And by the time he comes back from the bathroom, the TV turned itself off. Wow. And this TV is a new modern TV that has Mm -hmm. never malfunctioned. It's never turned on and off before. And it happened two or three different nights where the TV came on and shut itself off. And it's never done that since. Wow. So that was that's, you know, very unusual. I mean, I would say, oh, you know, maybe it's people say oh it's a garage door remote control, maybe, or something through the internet, or this or that. But sure, mm-hmm. if it does it all the time, you know, but why? <laughs> right after my grandmother passed away around the time frame that she turned it on frequently and then it turned itself
2: not, off did she not like the tv
0: <laughs> i don't think i don't think oh. so but i mean i think that i mean i'm just thinking wow she died and she hasn't left yet you know she's still down there turning the tv on somehow so anyway did
2: that, did, did this happen at the same time every time or
0: uh so it it happened randomly but in the middle of the night so maybe sometimes it was two something sometimes it was three sometimes it was whatever it wasn't exactly at the same time every night and it wasn't every night okay so anyway that that guy's story about the baby and the smell you know reminded me of uh that because um and i've actually you know what i've smelled that floral smell as well so i don't know yeah, I remember watching you take your perfume with you.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's weird how, how smells can linger or at least our brain tricks us into thinking they do. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the thing is with the brain tricking you into it though, is that, you know, you think, uh, okay, well maybe we're thinking about someone that passed away and your brain brings back, you know, a smell, But I think what's unusual about these situations that my sister experienced and my mother experienced, and I I actually experienced it too. I was, now I remember I was walking up the stairs and I smelled that real strong floral smell. But, um, you know, it's, we're actually not thinking about that person, you know. It just happens like haphazardly randomly, you know, when you're doing something else. So, but anyway... Um, yeah, so that's the story on the Whaley house. We, we did our little mini afterwards investigation and got some answers. There is a big dog in the back. Um, and ace was ringing a guy's doorbell who lives there. (laughs) Anyway, he seemed like a nice guy. Sorry, Sorry, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wanted to record him telling the story, but he didn't want to be on the podcast. So anyway no, fine. all right guys well uh yeah let's wrap this show up now for the second time and um that's the whaley house it sounds like you guys uh listeners will be able to uh check out something coming from creepy af at the whaley house at some point here in the possible near future i guess
2: oh, I'd l- i mean like i'd like to but um you just said there's there's new management and not sure who to talk to
0: Yeah, I think the, so the, the group who managed it before was very, it was called, I think they're called Save Our Heritage Organization, Soho or something like that. And they were uh, very history focused. And I think the fact that, you know, we've got, um, a tour bus company running it now that has actually a ghost tour. Mm -hmm. Um, I would think that, um, They may be more open to something or, or maybe when they reopen, they're going to be more focused on dedicating some time to the investigations. I know the old group, you could go in there, you have to pay extra money. They didn't let people bring in cameras and stuff in the middle of the day. You could do a nighttime thing that costs, you know, like significantly more money, but you could go in there and do whatever you wanted to do with any kind of equipment you have. So.
3: Yeah. I think you used to be able to get like midnight tours or something. Yeah.
0: So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm not sure on the timeline of that, but that's what's going on over there. So uh, it sounds like there potentially you guys heard a, the ghost dog in the front house. And then, you know, we got a few stories from the guy that's in there by himself doing all this work. So that was kind of cool.
3: Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, well, let's wrap this up, you guys, and uh, next episode of Spirits and More Radio is going to be about Fright Fest from Six Flags Magic Mountain. Ace and I were there uh, a couple nights ago, and so uh, that's the next show, you guys, so stick around, share this uh, with your friends if they're into paranormal stuff, and uh, we appreciate your feedback if you want to go to spiritsandmoreradio.com and um, send us an email. We always welcome that too. So anyway, all right, until next time.
1: Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.